0: Hello and welcome back to Viper Bites, the only show out there where the host has a face for radio and a voice for the silent pitchers. A true dynamic double threat. That's who I am. I'm Matt Dolly, and I'm here to take you through some of the training camps that are going on here. We're only a few short days away, but there's some serious battles going on and we're going to head to the NFC North where we're going to talk about the Chicago Bears, the Detroit Lions, the Minnesota Vikings, and the Green Bay Packers, and the battles in camp that you're going to want to pay attention to and help your fantasy football rosters going into 2021. That said, we're not going to keep a a whole lot on the introduction here. We're going to get right into the meat and potatoes here. We're going to head down to the Windy Cindy right off the get-go and talk a little bit about... The Bears. under center handing on Montgomery on the cutback picks up the first down. Still going! Turning his legs across the 25 near the 28 yard line on a run of eight. Eight more for the Bears in the run. Motion man is calling. Trubisky. Looks. Trubisky. A threat to run. Flips it to the outside. It is caught by Montgomery. Montgomery makes a move upfield and breaks it to the clear. Trubisky kept the play alive, and then Montgomery did the rest after the flip. How good is David Montgomery? Even he was able to make Mitch Trubisky look good, which is no simple task. Very few people can do that. Allen Robinson, David Montgomery, end of the list. Now, Daryl Mooney would have made him look a little bit better if Mitch Trubisky could have hit him within even five, ten yards of any kind of pass, but... That's not going to happen, but Darnell Moody is going to have a big season because he may have the red rifle chucking him the ball on a wing and a prayer or he's going to have Justin Fields, the rookie out of Ohio state there to make those plays for him. I know Chicago fans, you're dying to see Justin Fields get on the field. He slipped in the draft. Bears were able to get him. huge thing going on. Chicago was happy. There was talks about Carson Wentz, maybe coming to Chicago, uh, Whoever is available Chicago was tied to them you wanted them you had to improve on Mitch Trubisky it couldn't got any worse than Mitch Trubisky last year I like Mitch Trubisky seems like a good guy great smile but not an NFL quarterback right now maybe a couple years of seasoning in Buffalo maybe that'll kind of fix him a little bit but we'll see how that turns out now we want to get down to the big battle because andy dalton was signed by the chicago bears and right off the get-go the coach speak the gm speak it was all about andy dalton is our guy well we've heard about our guy several times when it comes to chicago as far as the quarterback position is concerned but then they went off they drafted justin fields so we know justin fields is the future of this franchise But when does the future become the present? That's going to be the question that we're going to be looking for. And it's going to happen earlier than often. Um, Opening night, prime time, Chicago, Los Angeles Rams, Aaron Donald. Ooh, this is a tough one. Do you really want to put a rookie out there, his first start with Aaron Donald coming down the middle, looking at him to crush him? Or do you want to start Andy Dalton in a prime time game? Yeah, that's probably not a good idea. Uh, If you recall last year, I had to drink a Big Mac smoothie because I put my faith in Andy Dalton during primetime. Never put your faith in Andy Dalton in primetime. Him and Kirk Cousins, if they're playing a primetime game, get them out of your lineup. Don't even think about starting them. But now we've got Dalton, primetime Rams, Justin Fields. Who is the go-to? Man, we're going to see what this training camp does. But at the end of the day... The Bears are going to have a good idea of an internal timeline when it comes to Justin Fields and his ability to step into that role right off the get-go. The self-described plan for Justin Fields. I really think off the get-go we're going to see Andy Dalton on primetime. Sorry, Chicago fans. It's not going to be pretty, but I think it might be the right call here. Now, I think Justin Fields is very possible he could start by week two because Andy Dalton primetime is not a good combination, but I don't know if they want to feed – Justin Fields to the line no that's not it to the Rams don't they're not really carnivores but Aaron Donald he's a guy that I don't want to feed any of my young quarterbacks to because I might just give him a complex moving forward so Andy Dalton week one Justin Fields starts sooner than later make sure you get him he's 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 the real deal absolutely the real deal get him in that playbook he's in there he's one of the first guys in the room every day he wants to be an NFL quarterback. He's putting the work in. So I'm going to put my respect and my faith in Justin Fields. Now, who is Justin Fields going to put his faith into? We know he's going to stock up on Darnell Mooney. We know Allen Robinson is stock up. Chicago, you got to find a way. You should have found a way to pay this man a long time ago, Allen Robinson. you got yourself a young quarterback. You want to give him a prime time, number one wide receiver, and you're going to let Allen Robinson slip right through your fingers. Make sure I don't care how you do it, find a way. Make sure Allen Robinson is, stick, is going to be there for a long period of time. Now, as far as the other pass catchers go, the tight end position is something you got to really focus on here. You got Jimmy Graham, who's like 96 years old, uh, stepping back. He had 50 catches last year on 78 76 targets, 456 yards, but eight touchdowns. Mitch Trubisky was looking for him in the red zone, looking for him in the end zone. We were kind of hoping it'd be the end of Jimmy Graham in Chicago. Maybe Cole Komet could step up and improve on those 28 receptions, 44 targets, uh, 243 yards, two touchdowns. Now, the reason Cole Komet was in there, he was asked a lot to block and run the short routes, and Jimmy Graham was getting those red zone targets. So if we can see Cole Komet get some of those red zone targets, maybe a little bit of a bond with Justin Fields going forward, maybe they can form some sort of relationship Cole Komet, I think, is the guy here in Chicago. We know he's the guy of the future. I think he's the guy right now. I think this is the year that he passes Jimmy Graham. They took him in the second round. Uh, he, was, he was the first tight end selected in that draft uh, two, just a couple of years back. And they have some seriously lofty expectations for him. But the Bears' offensive strategy didn't really support what Cole Komet's skill set provides. Now, do they fine-tune that going into this year? I hope so. I think Cole Komet has some serious value here. And even still, the snap count, so between Graham and Komet, we talked about the targets being basically 44 to 76 and all those red zone targets being to Jimmy Graham. The snap count was darn near identical with both of them logging about 58% of the Bears snaps on offense. So this is something to keep one, an eye on. We know Cole Komet was coming on strong. He was getting a little more touch. bringing a younger quarterback. He needs that security blanket. I think Cole Komet will be that security blanket for Justin Fields moving forward. Now, the big question is now in Chicago as well. Who's that third wide receiver? We do we know Darnell Moody stepped up to take that wide receiver two role. We want it, I want this to be Anthony Miller so bad. I loved everything out of him coming out of Memphis. I thought he was a Steve Smith-esque type player. Disrespected, 49 catches, 76 targets, 485 yards, two touchdowns, 9.9 yards per carry, running a lot of it out of the slot. But what do they go off and do in Chicago? They go out, bring in Marquise Goodwin. They got they draft Daz Newsom, who's out with a broken collarbone right now, so he's going to take some time before he gets back in the lineup. Uh, Damir Bird, he's coming over, so it's really saying they didn't really have a whole lot of faith in Anthony Miller. We've seen that last year. It was almost like they hated him. It was for some reason they hated Anthony Miller. They did not want to get him more involved than he actually was, and uh, it, it showed. And uh, we can't really count on Javon Wims because he's probably going around punching people on the other team, so he's probably not going to have very uh, long. Season ahead of him. And Riley Ridley, sorry, man. Calvin. Calvin's just killed it for you because you'll never be up to where Calvin Ridley is right now. And Riley, I'm sorry. But i got to move the windy scene. I can't even talk about Riley Ridley right now. So we're going to head to Detroit next and talk about the Detroit Lions. It's on the back end. Punt is blocked. Sanchez had the punt blocked. The Lions scoop it up. And Detroit will take over in great field position. Andrew, just a moment ago, the Detroit Lions avoided disaster when their punter picked it up off the ground. Here you get a clean, clean snap. Second down and three. Stafford looking to the air. Has time. Fires. Caught by Jones. Touchdown. Marvin Jones takes it in. I know I wanted to call this replacing Galladay. We talk about running back by committee approaches teams take, but they're losing both Galladay. they're losing Marvin Jones. There's all kinds of vacated targets here. T.J. Hawkinson can only take so many of those targets. So what do the the Detroit Lions do on offense? They trade away Matt Stafford. He's like, you know what, dude? You've been good to us. We can't put you through this another season. The only quarterback that we know that deserves to suffer through this is Jared Goff. So we'll take Jared Goff back in return. The wide receivers that he's going to be throwing to this year are Tyrell Williams. If you go back to his 2018 season with the Chargers – And then his 2019 season with the then Oakland Raiders, he's averaged about 41 receptions, 652 yards, five touchdowns, 15.7 yards per catch. He missed last season, didn't play, so we did have to go back a little ways. Does he still have it? Is he still able to step up in that wide receiver? Well, I just threw up in my mouth a little bit. Is he a wide receiver one with Detroit? I don't know. If it's not him, it's got to be Rashad Perryman. Well, this just keeps getting – this keeps tasting worse and worse talking about these wide receivers. Rashad Perryman made some money with Tampa Bay uh, going back to 2019. He came on late. He came on strong late in the season with those uh 36 receptions, 645 yards, 17.9 yards per reception, and six touchdowns. But then he went to the Jets. Now, it's not really fair because a lot of things die when they go to New York. Um, especially to the Jets in recent memory. I'm glad to see the Jets are starting. It looks like their trajectory is going upward with what they've done this offseason. But the Jets in 12 games, 30 receptions, 505 yards, three touchdowns, 60 targets. That was not what the Jets were hoping for when they went out and they signed Brashad Perryman. But I think that's what you're expecting. I think that's who Brashad Perryman is. I think what we saw late in 2019 was kind of the outlier when it comes to Perryman's career. But let's take a look at some of these other targets that are going to be there for Detroit. Quintus Cephas. I don't even know if that's a real thing. Is that even a real name? I know I've seen him. It's on his jersey. I know he's there. I watched him. I've watched him play, but just, yeah, we're not going to go there. I'm not even sure what that is. But 20 receptions, 349 yards, two touchdowns, 13 games. He started in two. He saw 35 targets. We know we wanted him to be a thing. We hyped him up a little bit last year as a sleeper. We're talking about him a little bit now as a sleeper, but really any any wide receiver for the Detroit Lions is a sleeper when we talk about fantasy football. And then there's Amon Ross St. Brown. He he absolutely crushed it at USC. 178 uh, receptions, 2,270 yards, 16 touchdowns, 12.8 yards per reception is three years there. But I have trust issues. I have serious trust issues when it comes to fantasy football. And your brother – Equinomis, Equinemis, whatever the other St. Brown is in Green Bay. He kind of wrecked it for me because I was so hyped out of him coming out of North, Notre Dame that it kind of left a bitter taste for St. Brown's with me. And Amonra, I I know what my film is saying. My film that I'm watching you says you have all the ability and talent to be a wide receiver one, to be an alpha wide receiver in the national football league. That talent is there. It needs to be more consistent in my opinion, for you to take that alpha role, but I think you can be a very valuable asset to the Detroit Lions moving forward. Man, I just felt bad. Maybe if we talk about the running backs, it'll make me feel a little bit better. Oh, Yeah, the running backs. So we got DeAndre Swift. That's fantastic. We know that's going to fill in. He's going to be the man there. But what will the factor be for Jamal Williams? Is there a more lovable running back in the National Football League than Jamal Williams? He plays in the snow. He talks about the movie Frozen. He, he plays in a wet kind of game with a little bit of rain. He's talking about the Little Mermaid. These are his post-game conferences. You don't believe me? Pull up Jamal Williams interviews or post-game interviews. The dude has this infectious laugh. You can't help but love him. So I love him in Detroit. I don't know what his factor is going to be. I know DeAndre Swift and the truth is for DeAndre Swift, and they're not going to appreciate Jamal Williams being there. But here, here's the thing. Last year, Swift, uh, 114 carries. Um He was able to get 4.6 yards per carry, eight touchdowns there, and then factoring in 56 targets in the passing game, 46 receptions, 357 yards, two touchdowns. So he had 10 touchdowns total. Very good use. Adrian Peterson, he's vacating 156 touches, 604 yards, seven touchdowns. Throw in a little Kirion Johnson. We talked about him previously when we were talking about the Eagles and uh, the training camp battles taking place there. Carry uh, on Johnson had about 52 carries for 181 yards. so really we're looking at the vacated carries by Adrian Peterson at 156. we're looking at another 52. you're looking at about 205 carries that are going to be transferred somewhere because we know that Dan Campbell, besides wanting to bite kneecaps, he wants to run the ball. he wants to give this team his image. He wants his team to be in his image. They want to be fighting. They want to be scrapping. Jamal Williams had 119 carries, 505 yards, two touchdowns, 4.2 yards per carry, added another 31 receptions. Basically, he was DeAndre, He was the DeAndre Swift of the Green Bay Packers last year with Aaron Jones. Now, I think this is really going to be close to a 60-40 type split. I think you're going to see uh, DeAndre Swift pick up at least 100 of those um, – at least 100 of those 200 touches there so do not be surprised if you're looking at about 210 to 215 rushing attempts for deandre swift and probably close to 125 to 130 uh carries for jamal williams and then we'll see how that passing game shakes out but both are more than competent in that realm why running back three jamar jefferson michael warren go with the rookie go with the second year guy Uh, i think michael warren is probably a on the back end right now let's bring in some fresh blood let's go with uh jamar jefferson moving forward in that role now we talked Detroit. we've talked chicago now let's head over to the minnesota vikings and talk a little bit about vikings football and what to expect in their training camp Been feeling territory down here already in field goal range Cousins forgetting about the field goal, feeling one-armed, able to bring it down for the touchdown. What a grab. Those dab inside, go outside. Buster's trying to play the eyes, eyes and hands. He gets kind of lost, and Adam just makes a great one-handed catch. And that, that right, right there is about as good. Adam Thielen, he's an oldie, but he's a goodie. And you put him opposite of Justin Jefferson, and then you got a group one-two dynamic duel there in Minnesota for pass catchers there for Kirk Cousins to move to. Now the question is going to be who that wide receiver three is going to be. Is it going to be BC Johnson? Is it going to be Chad Beebe, Amir Smith, uh, Marset from Iowa? Are any of these guys going to step up and take that wide receiver role? Is there going to be value in that wide receiver three barring an injury? Probably not, but let's talk about it instead here. Uh, I think we're going to see a lot of two tight end sets there with Irv Smith Jr., uh, Tyler Conklin, They're going to fa- he's going to factor in here too as well. Uh, they're going to kind of split up those catches, those targets that were vacated by uh, Kyle Rudolph there. 20 catches, 37 targets, 334 yards. There's not a whole lot there for uh, Johnson, Beebe, and even Conklin or Merced Smith there to pick up on. Uh, BC Johnson was actually a starter for the beginning of 2020, and uh, Chad Beebe had some ups and downs that – showed some potential, and then he lost it. And then he showed a little bit more. The consistency wasn't there. Uh, however, the rookie speedster, Amir Smith-Mercet, he could be up to see an increase in his abilities as the season progresses. I don't think he's going to be there right off the get-go. I think I think it's going to be Chad Beebe as a third wide receiver. I think they're going to go on that potential. He's going to step up over BC Johnson. And then by week 10, I think that's where Amir Smith-Mercet steps over into that wide receiver three role. If you look at Johnson versus Beebe, it's pretty much a dead heat. Uh, In 2020, Johnson, 14 receptions, 189 yards, 13.5 yards per reception. Uh, Beebe, on the other hand, 20 receptions, 201 yards, two touchdowns with a 10.1 yards per reception. You got Justin Jefferson who's going to command a lot of the attention there. You've got uh, Adam Thielen who's going to work a lot underneath as well. Irv Smith Jr., he's going to be able to hit those seams and stretch defenses that way. So it's going to come down to the Minnesota Vikings wanting to stretch the field. Then maybe the rookie will see some time a little bit sooner than later. Now let's talk about that front on the defensive side of the ball for the um, Minnesota Vikings. Devastating loss off the get-go. Denell Hunter went down with an injury. That really set the tone for this entire front for the Minnesota Vikings last year. Um, they were 28th in 2020 and in sacks with 23 the only teams that were worse than them at getting to the quarterback was Vegas, Tennessee, Jacksonville and Cincinnati and then on top of that that wasn't bad enough for this defense they gave up the fourth most points at 29.7 points per game and the sixth most yards sixth most yards per game uh with a 393.3 yards now that's with Denell Hunter missing the entire season he is back he's going to be back and he has when he's healthy three of his last four seasons he's been over 12 sacks the only time he didn't reach that 12 sack in the last four years was 2017 where he had seven sacks huge difference maker now that he's in a lineup but now we got to flip to the other end of that defensive front and who's going to step up to be that opposite man to Donnell Hunter the vikings went out went and got Yannick Nagaku last year thinking that they'd have Denell Hunter and Nagaku as a pass rush there didn't work out Hunter got hurt. Nagaku moved on to Vegas via free agency. So let's take a look at the options there. Uh, Steven Weatherly was there. Then he left for Carolina, and then he came back. You got Patrick Jones, the rookie. DJ Oneham, second-year player. Janarius Robinson, the rookie out of Florida State. And Jalen Holmes, all who also was there last year. And I don't know how this is going to shape out. I know, athletically speaking, Janarius Robinson is a freak you look at his size, that wingspan, everything that goes into it. The senior bowl performance that he had down in uh, Mobile, Alabama. These are all screaming, this is my guy moving forward. Um, that said, it, it's going to be that open competition. I think it's going to go to the the veteran right off the get-go. Steven Weatherly's got to be that guy who gets that first shot at it. Um, with that experience, uh, he had three sacks in 2018 another three sacks uh the year before 20, uh, 2020 was kind of a write-off for him so in carolina i don't think he really did anything to be honest with you, that's why it was a one and done type season there in carolina and then last year holmes had 36 tackles didn't have any sacks one of them had 24 tackles with three sacks and robinson and jones are coming in from florida state and pittsburgh respectively so we'll see how this all factors in i think weatherly starts, but I really believe in the talent and the skill set and the size combination of Janarius Robinson to eventually take over that role in Minnesota opposite of Donnell Hunter. Now we got to go to the Kings of the North. I don't know how you talk about it. We're going to head to Green Bay next here and talk about the Green Bay Packers and what to expect in their training camp. Rogers on the move. End zone for Adams. He's got it. In the meantime, it's second and ten. And time running out in the first half. Rogers is going deep for Valdez Scantley. And he's got it. Into the end zone. Touchdown, Packers. And yeah, looked like a Viking jump. Free play. Valdez Scantley has it. He has a catch inside the two. Rogers. Lazard and Alan Lazard has a Packer touchdown. Now he drops back. Hey, we could probably sit here and talk the entire time about the quarterback situation in Green Bay and who and who is not going to be under center. Um, Aaron Rodgers recently turned down a, I believe, a two-year contract extension, massive, because you know what? Let's be honest. There, he may be the one person more petty than I am. And game respects game when it comes to the pettiness here. He tweeted out something along the lines, and I'm paraphrasing here, you know, congratulations to, as a minority owner, of course, of the uh, the Milwaukee Bucks. He now, he's now got as many championships as a minor, minority owner as he does as a franchise quarterback, mind you. But he tweets out, you know what, good on the GM for putting a fantastic championship caliber type team out there together. Kudos to you. That's being paraphrased. But what it's going to come down to, is if Aaron Rodgers isn't there, we're going to either talk about Jordan Love or Blake Bortles. And either way, I'm going to have absolute fun with this at the Packers fans' expense. You know what, Packers? You don't get to be sad because you went from Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers and did not miss a beat there. So really, I don't say you deserve to have a little heartache at the quarterback position, but it's due. Now, let's kind of talk, or we could talk about, aj Dillon's quads and which one is actually bigger is it quadzilla or is it the quad father i'd give the slight advantage in girth and size of the quad to quadzilla now we're going to move on to where some information that actually matters to you that you probably want to listen to and that is who's going to be the the running mate opposite of Devontae adams is it going to be marquez valdez scantling or is it going to be alan lazard and then kind of who's that fourth wide receiver amari rogers Equinus St. Brown or Devin Funches. Is Devin Funches even a wide receiver or is he a tight end now? Everyone seems to be a tight end. Um, maybe they could bring in Kelvin Benjamin to be a tight end too. I, if things don't work out for him. Uh, let's take a look at this opposite. Valdez Scantling played a career high 73.9% of the snaps last year and led the NFL in yards per reception at 20.9. Uh, Valdez Scantling has speed, does an excellent job clearing out, which is beneficial to Devontae Adams where he's able to work underneath. Which I th- and ro- with Robert Tunyon, there's a lot of room to run there when Valdez Scantling clears it out. Now you factor in a little bit of maybe Amari Rogers, who's going to play a little bit of that gadget role, that Curtis Samuel kind of guy that we talk about. It, their offense could be fun to watch, but let's keep going. On the flip side, Valdez Scantling had one of the highest drop rates out there at 11.8, which was definitely a career worst for him. And Lazard was off to a terrific start in 2020. Uh, 13 catches, 254 yards, and 19.6 yards per average, two touchdowns in the first three games last year before suffering that core injury. And then that required surgery kind of sidelined him. He was out for a while. I think it was about two months. And then when he came back, he wasn't quite playing at that elite level. It took him some time to get into it. But he, he wasn't that dynamic pass catcher. We've seen the highlights, some of the plays, he's making those extensions. It wasn't there in that back half of the season. And he only had 20 catches and one touchdown over the final seven games. Uh, if you look at the speed, we have seen in the highlight there, Scantling was getting that separation on those goal patterns. He was getting a little bit of distance there. That's because he runs a four three seven, as opposed to Lazard's four six two. I don't care if you're a Lazard King fan. It, Lazard King is that is that a French lizard? I don't know, but for me, it's Marquez Valdez Scantling playing opposite of uh, Devontae Adams, just based on the speed and his ability to separate and what Sc- uh, Scantling Valdez Scantling does for that offense moving forward. He's going to be the guy. Wide receiver two there in Green Bay. Now, some of the other camp battles we're looking at are the battles at the linebacker position. uh An outside linebacker, Preston Smith versus Rashawn Gary. Uh, Gary's playing time kind of rose throughout the season. It went from twenty three point five in twenty nineteen to forty four point four in twenty twenty. And then at the flip side, Preston Smith kind of saw that playing time slip from eighty three point seven down to seventy nine point three in twenty nine uh, from twenty nineteen to twenty twenty. Uh, Gary ranked second on the team with sacks with 6.5 and second in pressures with 30. And that was despite playing less than half the snaps. On the other hand, Preston Smith seen those sacks kind of fall down from 12 in 2019 down to four last year, while his pressures also dropped from 45 and a half to 19. You're seeing two players kind of go at the opposite end of the spectrum. Preston Smith may be given that respective veteran type start early on through training camp, but don't mistake yourself. This is a Rashawn Gary moving forward. Inside linebacker, you got Devondre Campbell coming over from Arizona, Kamel Martin, who's already been there, and Chris Barnes, who looked the part last year for the Green Bay Packers. Who's going to be that guy in the middle linebacker? Which one is out? Uh, Campbell finished with 99 tackles, two sacks, seven tackles for loss, three pass breakups and a forced fumble in the desert last year. Uh, Barnes, who went undrafted in 2020, was uh, by far Green Bay's best rookie. In fact, this season, Barnes surpassed Christian Kirksey, who they brought over via free agency. He supplanted him as the number one inside linebacker for Green Bay. He still led the team with 91 tackles, uh, four and a half tackles, a little loss. He only missed six tackles. He showed that consistency in that role in the linebacker. He showed that he can be that guy. And then you flip that to um, Kamel Martin there for IDB purposes. He missed the first five games, had some surgery to repair a meniscus in his knee there. And then he was one of the most undisciplined t- tacklers. All the right. He was missing tackles left, right, and center. That's not going to get the job done. Uh, Devondre Campbell, Chris Barnes, they're going to be your inside linebackers for the Green Bay Packers. We could get into the Kevin King versus Eric Stokes, but we all know why we're not going to talk Kevin King. At least Packers fans know why. Eric Stokes, I could see him taking that position pretty quickly. And I don't think Packers fans would disagree with me too much. That all said, this was my uh, little bit of a training camp battles preview for the NFC North. Make sure you keep on checking out these videos. Appreciate the support. We're going to keep pumping out videos and fresh content all the time. So stay tuned. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Make sure you download on uh, Apple or on Spotify because we got great content coming out of the pipes you're not going to want to miss. Talk to you later. Catch you.